0: Relevant Radio is listener-supported radio. Give from the heart. Give from
1: the heart. To the radio station that supports you heart and soul.
0: This is the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Give from the heart.
2: And wake up, America. It's Thursday, February 9th. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with... Glenn Leverance and producer Sarah Tafoya, it's great to be with you this morning. Thanks so much for joining us all across America as we continue with day four of our relevant radio Give From the Heart winner pledge drive. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of your generous hearts, those of you that have supported the mission of Relevant Radio, bringing Christ to the world through the media. Big day yesterday, outstanding effort by uh, you, our Relevant Radio family. Uh, Thank you so much. On Thursdays, I always take a moment to uh, remind you uh, that uh, it was on Holy Thursday that our Blessed Lord Jesus uh, instituted the Holy Eucharist. So try to make a spiritual communion during the day or make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament if you can. I definitely need many, many prayers. As Father Rocky has said so many times, the more you pray, the better things go. So uh, keep those prayers uh, coming. And Now, this morning, once again, we need your help to reach our goal of $3 million by tomorrow afternoon. Uh, that's uh, f- 5 Central on Friday. Uh, we're about, uh, oh, 52% of the goal uh, with only just today and tomorrow to go. So it really is now crunch time right now. It is... Uh, Coming up on the moment of truth, uh, as I've said uh, all week long, this is our Super Bowl week, uh, so uh, we we definitely uh, need your help. The clock is ticking away. Um, this hour, we are looking for 50 gifts. That's 50 generous hearts from uh, 50 brothers and sisters uh, who feel compelled to give from the heart this morning. If you believe in the mission of Relevant Radio, if Relevant Radio has inspired you Deep down in your heart, if it's motivated you, if it's uh, educated you to pray more, to go to confession, to go to mass, uh, to come closer to our Lord Jesus Christ and our Blessed Mother Mary, then open your heart and give from the heart. You can do it first thing this morning. You can make your pledge in honor of the upcoming feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, just in a couple of days. You can do it online at RelevantRadio.com or the Relevant Radio app, or give us a call this morning at eight seven seven two nine one. Zero, one, two, three. Remember, we here at Morning Air we are the leadoff hitter, so to speak. We set the table for the rest of the relevant radio network. So, please prayerfully consider how much you want to give from the heart uh, this morning, here, uh, this hour. And if you can't, for whatever reason, please continue to pray for us. We always begin every hour in prayer. During the Pledge Drive week, uh, with the powerful memorari, always invoking the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, to help us with this Pledge Drive. We cannot do it without the prayers of our Blessed Mother. And uh, we also continue to pray for an end to legal abortion in our nation. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn, and patroness of Relevant Radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, my hero and the co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. We always invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come, and we pray, Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I want to bring in, as we do every morning, our Morning Air team, Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, what are uh, some of the uh, headlines, some of the big stories that you are watching here this morning?
1: Well, tragedy continues to unfold in Turkey and Syria as that death toll now climbs to over 16,000, uh, with many more yet to be found under the rubble. And it's the first 72 hours in a situation like this, most important uh, for rescuing folks. We're well past that number now, so... Uh, those uh, sad totals may well continue. Tough to get humanitarian aid in there. The U.S. Uh, offering help. Turkey admitting that uh, things aren't going as smoothly as they would have hoped in uh, helping the survivors get back on their feet, too. Cold weather uh, hampering some efforts and making it just miserable, as well as uh, parts of the earthquake-stricken area in Syria that have been hit hard by the civil war there with uh, bombing from the Syrian government and the Russian government as well. Uh, has made things very difficult in terms of hospital facilities and the like. So do please keep those folks uh, in your prayers and elsewhere in the aftermath of the uh, the big balloon that uh, floated over the U.S. for so many days last week, we're learning a lot about Chinese balloon spying technology. It's a program that's been going on for a long time. And there have been four other incidents of balloons over U.S. territory, John.
2: Yeah, and uh, we've, we're learning more and more, supposedly, that these uh, Chinese spy balloons have been seen on five different continents, uh, including recently uh, in South America. So this is definitely not a weather balloon, but rather an intelligence balloon, and they've been gathering uh, quite a bit.
1: Yeah, they have, absolutely. Well, in terms of intelligence for what's going to happen this weekend in the big game, we're going to talk to somebody who uh, was very successful on the field for a very long time in the NFL.
2: No question. Uh, We're really excited. In our number two, we have a special guest, one of the all-time greats. Former NFL quarterback Philip Rivers, an eight-time pro bowler, uh, will be with us to talk about Super Bowl 57 between the Chiefs and the Eagles. He's also going to share his passion for his Catholic faith. He's a father of nine, and he's now a high school football coach living in the footsteps of his dad, who was a high school coach. So that'll be coming up in hour number two at 730 Central, 830 Eastern, Glenn. So we're really excited about that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. A couple more days to the big... Have you bought your chips yet? Are you ready for the big game?
2: Uh, I'm ready, but I haven't gotten the chips yet. But definitely, definitely, uh, it's in the works (laughs) for sure. I I will not be missing this Super Bowl. It's an unofficial American holiday, as as we know.
1: Yes, yes. As always,
2: uh, thanks so much. Really uh, appreciate it. We need to take a a short time out on the other side. We're going to be joined by Morning Air contributor Kristen Hawkins, the president of Students for Life of America. She's going to talk about busting three common myths about abortion. So stay with us. There is much more. More to come after this word from Father Rocky. This is Morning Air. Your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning. Oh, this is it the heart. And welcome back to Morning Air on this Thursday morning. I'm John Morales along with Glenn, producer Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us as we continue with day four of our Give From the Heart Pledge Drive. Thanks again for all your generous support, big or small. It all really helps our cause. We only have today and tomorrow to go, so uh, you guys are the best, the Relevant Radio family. Uh, I have a lot of faith in every single one of you. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from 1 Corinthians 2.9. The Apostle St. Paul writes, Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him this is what our spiritual life is all about this is what our ultimate goal is all about getting to heaven let's continue to persevere in the faith and run the race that lies before us keeping our eye on jesus our lord and we always pray with great confidence that prayer that drew mariani prays every afternoon on the chapel of divine mercy jesus i trust in you Now I want to switch gears. Uh, This morning we're going to talk about some of the myths about abortion commonly believed by those claiming to be pro-choice. I believe it's so important to be prepared to give an answer for what we believe about the issue of life and why we believe it. Joining us uh, live uh, this morning is Morning Air contributor Kristen Hawkins, the president of Students for Life of America and Students for Life Action, to discuss uh, busting uh, these three common myths about abortion. Kristen is a Catholic Christian, a wife, mother, grassroots activist, author, speaker, a human rights advocate who's coordinated a national team that serves uh, 1,300 students for life chapters in all 50 states. She's also the host of the Explicitly Pro-Life podcast. Good morning, Kristen. Thanks so much for joining us. It's great to be with you once again right here in crunch time during our winter pledge drive.
0: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
2: Well, Kristen, before we get into debunking these myths uh, on abortion, Mm -hmm. uh, from your perspective, uh, you've been a Relevant Radio contributor for a while. Why should our listeners support the pro-life platform of Relevant Radio, a platform that promotes the culture of life? We do it just about every single day. We've prayed almost 500 Mm -hmm. million memoraries. Uh, Why should we do it, especially now in this post-Roe world?
0: I think it's so important because in a world and a culture and a country where down is up and right is wrong, we have to have a place where believers can go to get truth and to learn about what's actually happening, what's happening in Washington, D.C., what's happening at state capitals across our country, what's happening on our college and high school campuses. And Relevant Radio, you know, for someone who leads a pro-life organization, has the honor of leading this pro-life generation, Relevant Radio is the place that I turn to when I know I need to activate believers, when I know I need to ensure that Christians across our country know the truth about what's going on. You all give uh, the pro-life movement that platform. To speak truth about what's happening uh, in a world where, you know, truth is hard uh, to find sometimes.
2: And Kristen, i got to throw some kudos your way. Uh, Your recent uh, commentary and reporting from the historic 50th March for Life was absolutely outstanding. Uh, We so much appreciate uh, all of your contributions uh, here on Morning Year, uh, week in and week out. Uh, And it's just Mm -hmm. a a great example of how we uh, continue to try to promote the culture of life here on uh, this show and Relevant Radio overall.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's such an honor to say that I'm able to be part of this team, um, you know, and and to be able to come on to Relevant Radio when I'm not listening to Relevant Radio, to share about everything that we are doing at Students for Life, what the pro-life generation is doing, sharing some of the hope uh, that is out there, uh, despite, you know, all the bad things you may see on social media uh, or on the nightly news, uh, the lives that are being saved, the minds that are being changed the women uh, who are being served. Um, and it, it's such an honor to be able to say, I'm part of this effort at Relevant Radio, this team at Relevant Radio.
2: All right, Kristen, let's dive into some of uh, these uh, myths about abortion. And uh, one of the most common one is that abortion is a women's issue. Uh, how do you respond to that one?
0: Well, I would say for the, abortion is a women's issue. We hear this a lot. You see this on the streets and protest signs. Um, Abortion is not simply a women's issue. This is a moral issue. Uh, Moral issues don't have gender. Uh, Your gender doesn't determine whether or not you get to have an opinion uh, on issues. There's no sex to uh, this issue. It is right uh, and it is wrong. Um, We also know that Abortion isn't, you know, they use this phrase, abortion is women's rights, as a way to, and we saw this in the late 60s, uh, when the abortion industry was trying to, you know, de- dive into the mainstream and argue for legalization of abortion, they attached the issue of abortion to the sexual revolution, to uh, the the Women's Movement 2.0. Uh, and Bernard Nathanson, the founder of NARAL Pro-Choice America, an abortionist operating in New York State in the 60s, uh, wrote openly about this, about how they knew they had to, you know, attach abortion to women's rights, to this issue that was, you know, taking off in order to justify their extremism and get the majority of America uh, okay with the ending of
2: innocent human life and to stop asking questions. Well, we're uh, joined this morning by uh, Kristen Hawkins, the president of Students for Life of America, talking about uh, some of the common myths about abortion. The next uh, myth uh, about abortion is simply the removal of pregnancy tissues. Mm-hmm. What some people, they, they call it pregnancy tissue, which is so outrageous. Yeah. Um, how, how do you respond to that one?
0: Yeah, there was a story in the UK newspaper this fall, and I was actually shocked at how fast this story made its way down to the campuses. Our staff was hearing it every day. It was a it was pictures of placental tissue in the first trimester, and said and said this is pregnancy tissue. You know, anytime you see those fetuses, uh, that's a lie. Well, you know, the the pictures that were depicted on the in the UK magazine were in fact pregnancy tissue. They were in fact placental tissue. But when you talk about abortion, you're talking about the intentional, the direct ending of a unique human life and the removal of that human life from his or her mother's womb, as well as uh, the placenta, the organ that the child directs to grow to support itself. And so there are pregnancy Tissues, placental tissues, and there's also human tissues, human remains uh, that are uh, taken out of a woman during an abortion. Any woman who's had an ultrasound or is anyone who's seen an ultrasound knows what's inside of a woman is not just clumps of meaningless tissue, a life, a human being doesn't come into existence uh, six inches in the vaginal canal. Um, You know, there obviously, if there was a baby at the end uh, of the C-section, of the end of the birth, there was obviously a baby inside of her, you know, moments before she gave birth to her child. Uh, It's common sense. And we often hear this argument being made by those who simply want to justify abortion without actually having to accept what abortion really is, which is the intentional, direct killing of a unique, whole, living human life that's never existed before and will never exist again.
2: And the reality is that science is on our side. I have heard it absolutely. said that science is catching up the scripture. I, I find that <laughs> spot on. Um, let's talk about uh, the third myth. Um, and okay. That one is that abortion facilities are regulated just like normal healthcare centers. How do you debunk uh, this one?
0: That's absolutely untrue. Abortion facilities across our country are unregulated. Um, the women's, women's hair care salons, veterinary clinics are more regulated than abortion clinics. Why? Because politicians, when they try to uh, pass legislation requiring inspections, annual inspections, surprise inspections, uh, the abortion lobby fights tooth and nail. We saw this in the mid 90s uh, perfectly uh, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the capital of Pennsylvania, when state lawmakers were trying to pass legislation to regulate abortion facilities, uh, making sure that they were dirty facilities, just like women's hair care salons. You know what happened? Planned Parenthood brought in their lobbying arm, defeated the bill 2020. 2020- 12 flash forward to 2012 kermit gosnell's abortion facility in philadelphia is raided by the da and local police when his trial comes uh to pass we the da has local pediatricians go on the stand to testify openly that they would they stopped referring their patients to kermit gosnell's Late-term abortion facility in downtown Philadelphia because their patients were coming back after their abortion with venereal diseases from dirty instruments that these abo- these pediatricians had reported Kermit Gosnell to the state for years and he had gone 17 years without health inspection when the DA raided his abortion facility there was cat urine and feces all over even in the operating rooms. There were dead children stuffed in milk jugs in the uh, refrigerators. It was despicable what was happening. But the bottom line is Kermit Gosnell was not an outlier. He is the abortion industry, and this is what they fight for, for people like him to operate dirty, filthy abortion facilities that end lives, that kill children, and harm and kill women.
2: Kristen, these are just three myths. There's many, many others that we could get into. We'll do that maybe next time. But uh, just final 30 seconds, uh, your thoughts on uh, steps to make abortion unthinkable in this post-Roe America.
0: Our number one threat, John, we face is chemical abortion pills. They are now more than half of all abortions in our country. As we heard from the State of the Union uh, this week, our president, oh, the abortion president, Joe Biden, has directed Congress to codify Roe, which actually would go way further than that. They want and they've passed laws. They want to try to make abortion legal in all nine months with taxpayer funds. We have to stop this. We have to stop Roe like 2.0.
2: Kristen Hawkins, uh, President of Students for Life of America, thanks so much. We'll be back with more.
1: This is the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive.
2: Give from the heart. Give from the heart. And welcome back to Morning Air here on this Thursday morning. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in on this day four of our Give from the Heart Pledge Drive. We need your help This hour, we are looking for 50 generous hearts, 50 gifts from our brothers and sisters here this hour. We're a little behind the pace, so we really do need you to step it up, and we need your help. Now, with Lent right around the corner, we want to talk about the importance of internal conversion. It's important that we do good things, but it's even more important that we do them for the right reason, for the love of God from our hearts. And this ties in perfectly with our give from the heart, pledge drive. This is what it's all about. It's all about the heart. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insights. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Joining us live this morning from New Jersey is our longtime Morning Air contributor, Gary which with a lot more on the importance of this internal conversion of heart. Gary is the author of the best-selling book, Give Up Worry for Lent, and he speaks frequently at parishes and conferences all across the U.S. You can sign up for his daily email reflections, see his speaking schedule, or arrangements, to bring him to your parish by visiting his website, followingthetruth.com. Good morning, Brother Gary. Thanks so much for joining us once again. It is great to be with you, especially right here, right in the middle of crunch time in our winter pledge drive.
1: Uh, Brother
3: John, thanks so much for having me on. I love being on during week. This is, this is what it's all about, right, where, where we all get a chance to share the gospel, even if we don't have a platform. Anybody listening can can contribute and help get this word out to a world that absolutely needs to hear the good news.
2: No question, uh, you have been with us uh, so many times before during these pledge drives, and you always uh, hit it out of the park. For listeners that uh, haven't... <clears throat> heard a whole lot of you and are not that familiar with you. From your perspective, uh, really as a Catholic evangelist, why is our mission of bringing Christ to the world, to the media, uh, so important, so worthy of support, especially as we get ready for Lent?
3: You know, John, uh, every morning my wife and I, we say our prayers, we have our breakfast, and then we'll flick on the news and watch a little bit of the news headlines. Not too much, but a little... And, you know, it doesn't take very long for us to, to stop and think, like, all right, why do I need to know this? What, what, what is going on? What are they feeding me? It's so important to have a source to where we can find the news, but also we can find spiritual benefits. That's why Relevant Radio is great, because when I turn on Relevant Radio, not only am I informed what's going on in the world But I am fed spiritually, which in the end is much more important than anything that we do on Earth. Our goal is to get to heaven. You guys not only inform us, but with what's going on in the world, but you help us along the road so that we can one day make it to heaven. So the mission is critical, and everybody listening, sometimes as a listener, you know, I'm a listener too, as well as somebody who comes on the air, as a listener, I feel like, well, I can't contribute. What can I do? I, I can't help get the word out. I'm just a regular person. I'm a listener. But as part of the Relevant Radio family, when I can contribute and help you in sharing the good news, getting the message out over the air, I am, you know, I am personally contributing, contributing, contributing to the evangelization of the world. So it's critical for everybody to, if they can, to contribute and help this message get out there.
2: Well, Gary, we're uh, just a little less than two weeks away from Lent. Uh, from your perspective, what do you think is the most important thing to keep in mind as we head into this holy season, which I like to call it a spiritual spring training?
3: That's so weird, John. You know what's so funny? Before we went on the air, I, I, I got the same thought about spring training. I never thought of it that way before, so... The Holy Spirit's working between us already. I think the most important thing for us to remember is why we're doing what we are doing. This is not just about sacrifice for the sake of sacrifice. This is not just going through the motions as I did for so many years with Lenten sacrifices. It's about internal conversion. It's about changing from the inside. It's about doing what I can to become detached from these things that I get attached to, and doing it for love of God so that I can grow closer to Him.
2: Some people, when they think of Lent, they think of making sacrifices and resolutions. And why is it so hard for some folks? I think, and and this is
3: based on my experience over the years, I think sometimes we lose sight of why we're doing what we're doing. You know, I'm so into giving up the sweets— that I I just look forward to Easter so I can eat a lot of sweets again. I forget that what I am doing is trying to detach me from the things that sometimes keep me away from God in this life and to try to draw closer to Him. So again, it's that internal conversion that we're trying to go for.
2: And uh, this idea of this conversion of the heart, it really uh, ties in, as I said at the beginning, uh, to the theme of our pledge drive, Give from the Heart. (laughs) Exactly,
3: because it's important to give. It's important to contribute to keep relevant radio on the air, but it's even more important to do it for love of God. It becomes an extension of our prayer life. So give from the heart. I love that message. I love that that call to action. Not just give, but give from the heart so that many souls can be saved. And in the meantime, you're doing it for love of God. You're showing Him how much you love Him.
2: No question about it. As Father Rocky uh, says uh, so many times, the more you pray, the better that things go. So we need to pray and give. Um, Where can our listeners get get your uh, uh, book, Give Up Worry for Lent?
3: John, the best place is to go right to my website, followingthetruth.com, but it's also available all over at all online sources.
2: God bless you for all that you do. Thank you so much for being with us, uh, Gary. My pleasure, John. Thank you so much. God bless. Gary Smith uh, with with us here on Morning Air. We need to take a short break when Morning Air continues. Bishop Daniel Muggenberg will look ahead, uh, along with Glenn, to this Sunday's Gospel. So uh, we continue with day four of our Give from the Heart winner. Pleasure I stay with us. There is more to come after this miracle moment.
1: Changing lives in your neighborhood and across the nation. Here's another relevant radio miracle moment. Lois, welcome to The Inner Life.
0: We've been married 40 years. Um, I'm a Baptist. He's a Catholic. And we lived in Arizona to start, and we moved here to uh, Michigan, and I started listening to relevant radio. And what's happening is I'm converting because I believe it's important to go to church with the person you love. And I'm trying to get through RCA, but it snows here, and then I don't make it. <laughs> I'm on my third shot. I'm going to try. <laughs> but we go to church together. I don't take communion, and I want the communion the way it's supposed to be, and I want to do confession. So, for those people out there, just keep doing it. Join, join your mate. See what happens. Listen to relevant radio. God will change your heart.
3: Touch a heart and change a soul. By making a donation to Relevant Radio today.
2: Washing my eyes to see your majesty. And welcome back to Morning Air as our Give from the Heart Pledge Drive continues. I'm John Morales. It's good to be with you, and now it's time to look ahead to this Sunday's gospel. So, listen carefully as Bishop Daniel Muggenberg, the Bishop of Reno, Nevada, shares his weekly reflection on his Sunday's Gospel with our very own Glenn Leverance. Our Gospel reading for this sixth
1: Sunday in Ordinary Time comes from Matthew 5, verses 17 through 37. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away. Not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, You shall not kill And whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar, go first and be reconciled with your brother, then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, Do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow. But I say to you, do not swear at all, not by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one. And time now to dive into that reading for the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time from Matthew 5, verses 17 through 37. Joining us once again is the Bishop of Reno, Nevada, Bishop Daniel Muggenberg. Bishop Muggenberg, always great to have you along. And good to be here, Glenn. Well, a long and uh, some could say very difficult reading this time with our Lord kind of laying down the law for our thought life as well as our actions.
4: True. You know, Jesus is really wanting us to take um, his Sermon on the Mount to heart and realize that being a Christian isn't just about conforming to external actions, but being a Christian is really about a radical conversion that reaches to the deepest recesses of our heart and our mind. And so that's what he's getting to in, in today's reading is, is in, uh, challenging us to go and to experience conversion in the most profound way.
1: Starting right off with, don't think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets, uh, but to fulfill them. And so in the way of the new covenant is more all-encompassing, but yet good behavior, love toward one another is certainly expected and required.
4: Well, it it is expected and required, and Jesus, you know, is going to take it to a very radical level. Um, Now, for the Pharisees and the scribes, they would have, have, you know, looked to the law and the prophets for um, God's will. For how they should act and how they should you know behave and all that and what jesus is telling us in this passage is that he has come to fulfill the law and the prophets and so that means that jesus is the one that we look to as christians for the manifestation of god's will for our lives and that makes this teaching even more and more forceful you know that jesus is saying to us um it isn't enough that you don't just do violence to others or cause harm. You have to actually root out the very um, violent thoughts that come into your mind, you know, and hurtful thoughts that you may have or um, emotions that you may have towards others. Um, So he's leading us to a conversion of, of mind and heart that actually changes our actions, not by external conformity, but by a transformation of internal desire.
1: Well, behavior always, of course, following thoughts ahead of time and also loving how this plays so well into modern times when we're not necessarily running out with hordes to uh, pillage our our neighbor that we have a disagreement with. But we may be going about uh, many other ways verbally or electronically trying to destroy them
4: all you have to do is pay attention to what's happening with our social media and how um um, really just vicious uh the discourse is becoming and not just political life but even in ordinary social life today to see that you know people people need to hear this gospel teaching in a new way and i would even say that we we need to be honest about what we find entertaining um in terms of films or video games Is it something that really nurtures and cultivates or even celebrates violent responses uh, or violent initiatives? Or is it something that, you know, celebrates as Jesus uh, speaks about that kind of um, self-control, love and care for neighbor, um, non-hostility, you know, in the face of violence? Because if we cultivate in our entertainment, violent responses, then we shouldn't be surprised when people act in violent ways.
1: When violence is celebrated so easily as entertainment, uh, not a really good thing. Like if we see it in something that seems to pertain realistically, but so often it's gratuitous. And I can tell you from just not watching as much TV as I I used to, that uh, when you haven't seen a lot of it in a long time, it is shocking when you see it. You're like, oh, this. This doesn't look fun. I don't I don't want to see that. <laughs> so, no. Yeah, one yeah. of the things as well when we, we talk about anger here is our Lord talks about anger. And that's, again, something that conflict is lifted up as entertainment anymore. TV talk shows, radio talk shows, that fight that we seem to love to be a bystander for and then join in when, you know, our guy has already done most of the work to beat up the other guy and we want to join in on that agreement. The fact we're getting so far away from we should try not to stoke our anger.
4: True. uh, That we need to preserve uh, the other person's dignity rather than trying to, you know, cancel it and uh, to um, demean it. Uh, It's a whole different approach. And I think that's why this called it discipleship is perhaps even more challenging today uh, than it has been in many, many times of history.
1: Certainly that uh, call when we uh, talk about guarding our eyes in terms of lust we have so many more opportunities now, too. It's not just uh, catching a neighbor bathing on the roof like David, but uh, you know, every conceivable device we have can uh, bring improper things into our field of vision and start working on our thought life.
4: True. Again, you know, the use of um, the Internet and especially the availability of cell phones today is making um, you know, access to pornography something that is so widespread that today it has really become a pandemic. And sadly enough, it has become a presumption, you know, in terms of many people and how they relate to others, that they treat them as objects and commodities. And that's fundamentally dehumanizing. Uh, It's dehumanizing towards others, but it's also inhumane for us to do something like that. And so, again, this teaching from Jesus uh, is more relevant today, perhaps, than it has been in in several centuries because of that access and that ready acceptance that exists in our current society. Um, Jesus is telling us that if we are going to be people of love, who mirror his love and the Father's love, that we will not be predatory uh, towards others. We will not treat them as objects or instruments for our own satisfaction. And and we will root out those deepest um, uh, insidious desires from our very heart, from our very mind, uh, by wanting to be radically holy and not just uh, be satisfied with external conformity.
1: And what does this say, too, in, in trying to get to the, the root of the problem, right? It's our, our, our thought life, our hearts, that uh, is where all this can begin.
4: Yeah, You know, it's, it's an interesting aspect to this particular antithesis, the, the one about, you know, whoever looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Jesus then goes on to tell us that it is virtuous for disciples to practice an amendment of life, an amendment of life that freely um let's go of personal freedoms for the sake of growth and virtue and that's why he says if your right eye causes you to sin tear it out and throw it throw it away it's better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into gehenna we call that an amendment of life and he says the same thing about your right hand or you know etc and he goes on but all of that is about avoiding the near occasion of sin and freely practicing those safeguards that prevent us from entering into occasions of sin in the first place. And and again, in our society today, we value um, licentious freedom for its own sake. And it's one of our highest enshrined values that we can always do what we want when we want. But that runs contrary to what it means to be a disciplined disciple of Jesus.
1: Do we need to remember, too, uh, whether it's the freedom in Christ or the the freedoms that we do have in our our country with our civil law, too, that freedom to do good, not just to do whatever we want, but uh, originally put together so we could do good as we saw fit?
4: Yeah, and St. Paul really expounds that when he talks about, you know, what Christian freedom means, that it is free to do the will of God. So when we are free for God, then we are exercising our deepest human freedom. When we are simply free to be enslaved by our passions and disordered desires, um, we are not serving God. We're actually entering deeper and deeper into a um, a bondage to our own passions, and uh, and that is not freedom.
1: And this difficult path to holiness, (laughs) the path, but the difficult one, really points out the need for a Savior, doesn't it?
4: it absolutely does you know um we are so wounded by original sin um god you know um, granted us the ability to retain the capacity for relationship with him but original sin has seriously wounded humanity and it has disordered our priorities um it has led us to embrace mistaken values and we need to acknowledge that because if we don't then we will end up choosing what we want based upon our wounded nature, rather than choosing what God has revealed to us as our good. And that's, you know, God is the one who reveals us the way to salvation. And we need Jesus. We need Jesus to teach us these truths so that we will be able to live um, uh, according to God's will and not according to our wants.
1: Great reflection again. Thank you so much, Bishop Muggenberg, if you'd be so kind as to wrap us up this week with your blessing.
4: The Lord be with you, and may the blessing of Almighty God, who calls us to a radical conformity of life, to a radical holiness, modeled on the very person of Jesus, always incline our hearts and minds to desire to be like the Lord in all things, and to practice these radical virtues, rooting out sin in its most deep levels of our heart and our mind. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: And thank you, Bishop Muggenberg. And now it's time for another episode of Glen Story Corner.
1: Our story, day for the, uh, story today for the Pledge Drive, well, it's a classic. It's The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. What there was a tree, and she loved a little boy, and every day the boy would come. And he'd gather her leaves and make them into crowns and play king of the forest. He'd climb up her trunk and swing from her branches and eat apples. They'd play hide-and-go-seek, and and when he was tired, he'd sleep in her shade. The boy loved the tree very much, and the tree was happy. But time went by, and the boy grew older, and the tree was often alone. Then one day, the boy came to the tree and said, come, the tree said, come, boy, climb in my trunk and, and swing from my branches and eat apples and play in my shade and be happy. But the boy said, I'm too big to climb and play. I want to buy things and have fun. I want some money. I'm sorry, said the tree, but I don't have money. I have only leaves and apples. take my apples, boy, and sell them in the city. Then you'll have money and you'll be happy. And so the boy climbed up the tree and gathered her apples and carried them away, and the tree was happy. The boy stayed away for a long time, and the tree was sad. And one day the boy came back, and the tree shook with joy. She said, come boy, climb up my trunk and swing from my branches and be happy. "'I'm too busy to climb trees,' said the boy. "'I want a house to keep me warm,' he said. "'I want a wife and children, so I need a house. "'Can you give me a house?' "'I have no house,' said the tree. "'The forest is my house, but you may cut off my branches and and build a house. "'Then you'll be happy.' "'And so the boy cut off her branches and carried them away to build his house. "'And the tree was happy. "'And the boy stayed away for a long time. "'And when he came back, the tree was so happy, she could hardly speak. "'Come, boy,' she whispered, "'come and play.' "'I'm too old and sad to play,' said the boy. "'I want a boat that will take me far away from here. "'Can you give me a boat?' "'Cut down my trunk and make a boat,' said the tree. "'Then you can sail away and be happy.' "'And so the boy cut down her trunk and made a boat and sailed away. "'And the tree was happy, but not really. "'After a long time, the boy came back again. "'I'm sorry, boy,' said the tree, "'but I have nothing left to give you. "'My apples are gone. "'My teeth are too weak for apples,' said the boy. "'My branches are gone,' said the tree.' "'You cannot swing on them. "'I'm too old to swing on branches,' said the boy. "'My trunk is gone,' said the tree. "'You cannot climb. "'I'm too tired to climb,' said the boy. "'I'm sorry,' sighed the tree. "'I wish I could give you something, but I have nothing left. "'I'm just an old stump. "'I'm sorry. "'Don't need very much now,' said the boy. "'Just a quiet place to sit and rest. "'I'm very tired.' "'Well,' said the tree, straightening herself up as much as she could. "'Well, an old stump is good for sitting and resting.' Come, boy, sit down, sit down and rest. And the boy did, and the tree was happy. Matthew six nineteen through 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also.
2: Fabulous story corner, as always. Uh, so much appreciated, uh, Glenn. I I especially uh, love Bishop Muggenberg's re- reflection on the importance of the heart, uh, so much tying into what we're doing uh, here all this week. Coming up next hour on Morning Air, our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, will be with us to talk about the upcoming feast of Our Lady of Lourdes and the annual World Day of the Sick. Plus, we're going to talk football and faith with former NFL quarterback, one of the all time greats. Philip Rivers will be with us to talk about the upcoming Super Bowl 57. He's also going to share his Catholic faith and how it's impacted his amazing 17 year NFL career. So stay with us. There is much more to come next hour as we continue with our Give from the Heart pledge drive here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.